Thank God for the grace of God this morning. Isaiah chapter 5, and uh, we'll start reading in the first verse this morning, Isaiah chapter number 5. Some weeks ago, maybe even months ago now, I uh, began preaching uh, in in Isaiah uh, um, chapter 5 and 6, and we preached... I preached probably three or four or five times out of the text. Um, This week in the meeting that I was in, the Lord uh, let me compile about three or four of them messages together into one um, different message that I hadn't preached uh, to the young ladies there at the camp where I was preaching. And uh, ladies, girls week this week, boys week next week. And I... God gave me a thought Tuesday morning. I wrote it down, so I want to preach it to you this morning. And uh, studying different things throughout the week, meditating on different things throughout the week. But God nailed this in my heart last night for the day. And so you pray that God will help me. All right, let's uh, let's read. You can stand with me if you want to, and will, and are able. Isaiah chapter five, verse one. Uh, now will I sing to my beloved a song of my beloved. This is the Lord talking to Israel and Judah. He's giving them a parable, uh, which is a story uh, that illustrates a truth. He's talking to them about something that they'll understand. And uh, God wants you to understand. God wants me to understand. Aren't you glad he talks to us on a level that we can? And whatever your understanding is, God can speak to you on that level. And so he does in verse number one, now will I sing to my beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill and he fenced it. He said that vineyard was so precious to him he put a fence around it. If there's fences in your marriage, if there's fences in your life, if there's fences and we know we've got our kids in the nursery and the children's church this morning but for our young people and teenagers and, and young folks in here this morning, if God's put fences in your life, be grateful. They are to keep you in and things out. It's because you're precious. It's because you're prized. He fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vine and built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes. He said to Israel, you're my prized possession. You're precious in my sight as a nation, as a people, as a body. And he said, I put a fence around you. I pruned, I gathered out stones. I built a wall. I watered you. I took care of you as a prized possession. But when I went to gather grapes from the vine, they were wild grapes. They were rebellious. And so he said in verse 3, And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that, have, that I have not done in it? As God saying to Israel, what, what could I have done more? Can you make an accusation against God that, that he was not good? Could God have done more than he did Of course, we know the answer is no. God's right and he's always right. He said, I did all that I could do and you didn't want it. And I want to make a statement to you this morning. If you don't want God, he'll let you live without him. 
It doesn't mean he don't love you. It don't mean that he don't want you. It don't mean that he's not willing. But if you don't want God, he'll let you live in sin. If you want to be wrong, he'll let you be wrong. If you want to ruin everything God's trying to do in your life, he will let you have your way. Verse number uh, five, and now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof. If you don't want a fence, I'll take it down. I will take away the hedge thereof and it shall be eaten up and break down the wall thereof and it shall be trodden down. I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. Now he explains his parable. He said, this vineyard is the house of Israel and the men of Judah, his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression. For righteousness, but behold, a cry. Let's stop reading there. Lord, we come before you this morning. Thank you, God, for the, for the word of God. Thank you, Lord, for the uh, Lord, for the goodness of the Lord this morning. I pray, God, you'd touch us now in this part of the service. Lord, would you lay your hand on the preaching. God, give me the liberty that I need, God, to preach your word. Lord, speak to our hearts. Lord, help me preach this morning in, in love and grace and compassion, but with boldness and unction and authority. Lord, I pray, God, would you do that this morning. Lord, we'll thank you. We'll praise you. We'll give you glory. We'll, we'll honor you the best that we can. God, help us to be attentive to the word of God and not only attentive, but obedient to thus saith the Lord. God, help us, I pray, in Christ's name, amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. Uh, I, I've already explained to you, Isaiah chapter five is a parable. It is a story uh, used by the Lord to reveal a truth to a people. Uh, I, was, I was preaching this week when the Lord showed me this uh, and I made mention of it earlier to a bunch of young ladies uh, who are living in a community, in a town, in a uh, city or an area where churches are on every corner and yet living in the midst of that, uh, a lot of them were out of church or unchurched. Many of them uh, never had been in church, didn't know Bible songs Never heard Jesus loves me or amazing grace or anything like that. Uh, they had never come into the house of God, but what they didn't know was mean. What they didn't know was fighting. What they didn't know was cussing and yelling and drugs and, 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 and ungodliness. And the truth be told this morning, if, 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 if we had the ability to uh, uh, hear from each one of them the stories that could have been told and would have been told of what they've had to live through uh, would blow most of our minds. Uh, but that's going on right here in America. That's going on right here in the South, uh, in the Bible Belt of the United States of America. People on this road where, where I pastor, where we go to church, uh, and there's young people, there's adults, never been into church, and the only thing that they know about life is mean, mad, drunk, fighting, beating, cussing, yelling, drugging, prison, uh, abuse uh, that ought never have uh, existed in anybody's life. Uh, I would like to say thank God one day I ran into the grace of God. 
Thank God one day God saved me from what would have been and could have been had it not been for grace. Uh, However, uh, as I uh, looked at these young people this week and God stirring in my heart, speaking to my heart, uh, I I, I thought, uh, I wonder uh, how many of them, uh, this is all that they know, uh, and, and they say, well, how did it get like this? Is it always been this way? Uh, and the truth of the matter is this morning is man's always been wicked, man's always been sinful, uh, but as a nation, when a nation decides that it don't want God, God will let that nation live with what it thinks it wants. Uh, that's what he did for Israel. I believe this morning that's what's going on in America. I don't believe we've ever seen times like we're seeing now uh, to the point to where lost people look around and say, I don't know what's going on, but something is messed up. Can I get a witness right there? Uh, It is a mess. Uh, That's what happened in Isaiah's day to the land of Israel and Judah. Uh, God said, I built a, I built a a vineyard, you're the vineyard, you were so prized, you were my prized possession. He said, I put a hedge of a fence around you, I built a wall around you, I wanted to keep out what was trying to ruin you, I wanted to keep in what was prized and precious to me. He said, I pruned my vineyard, I watered my vineyard, I took care of my vineyard, and my vineyard did not produce fruit, but my vineyard rebelled and did not want me. Uh, That's the state we're living in. That's the state in our churches. Now, I'm not coming this morning to be rude to you or mean to you, but there's some sitting in here, you're here out of obligation, and I'm just glad you're here. I'm praying God will change your mind, and one of these days, it won't be obligation, it'll just be, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. But you might want to be careful this morning because if you're not mindful of the things of God, they don't have to be in your life. God can take down the hedge. Uh, That's what's wrong with our homes this morning. We have homes with no hedges. We have families and there's nothing keeping out the devils and there's nothing keeping in righteousness and young people are growing up in a world where do what you want to, when you want to, as you want to, do what seems right. It's back to the times of the book of Judges when every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Uh, I don't expect any different this morning from people who don't go to the house of God. I don't expect any different this morning from people who've never been to church, never been born again. But you would think that people who've known the goodness of the Lord, they've tasted of the goodness of the Lord, they've been in the presence of God, would be mindful of the fact that God's been real good to us and I don't want to be a rebel uh, that loses what God's done, but I want to live in the blessings and the goodness and the graces of God in my life. Uh, Preaching goes in one ear and out the other. We hear it and don't believe half of it. Uh, And it's so, uh, and the Bible uses in chapter five the word despised. 
He said to them, he makes accusation, you have despised the word of the Lord. If I were to ask you this morning, how many of us have despised the word of God? There wouldn't a hand go up in here because in our mind the word despise means to hate. But literally the word despise means to count as nothing to count as lowly or unimportant. And you say, preacher, I believe God's word's important, but do you obey it? I believe God's word's important, but do you heed to the word of God this morning? And so, the walls come down. The animals come in. The briars and the thistles grow. And what once was a beautiful garden, a beautiful vineyard, is now a remnant of what once was. Now it is filled with briars and thistles and thorns. Now it is, now it is broken down walls and hedges. Now it is uh, barren vines. And now it is dry and barren as a vineyard. Uh, and God said, that's what you wanted. You didn't want me? That's what you wanted. Can I say to you this morning, if you want to live your life without God, don't expect the goodness of God to follow you where you're going. If you want to live your life apart, I'm not your enemy, I'm not mad at you, I'm your friend, the preaching goes to me as well. If I decide I want to live my life without God, shame on me if I think I'm going to live it in all the blessings that God's given me if I want to live it without him in my life. In America, we've lost our hedges. In America, we've lost our walls. In America, and this is a national sin in, in Isaiah chapter five, but that national sin is going on in this nation this morning. I've never seen a time of, 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 of young people coming up, and I'm not against them. The problem is not them. The problem is the raising that they've been given. But I've never seen a time of young people coming up uh, that, that, uh, uh, that knew so little of the things of God, knew so little of righteousness and godliness and a life worth living. No wonder this morning they're, 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 they're depressed and discouraged and distraught. They have no purpose. They've been told they come from a monkey. They've been told they're here by accident. They've been told that they can change what they are uh, if that don't suit them uh, and become something else. Uh, and they are searching for something real. Boy, aren't you glad this morning that I know who the real one is? Aren't you glad this morning that we go to church where God shows up in a way? I want to I want to preach this morning on this thought. What a mess! Or how did we get in this mess? And uh, I I don't know. It probably won't be real shouting preaching. Maybe it will, but maybe it won't but I'm not trying to get a rise out of you of anything that I'm preaching this morning, not trying, to, uh, not trying to excite you with my hard words, but I want to preach some truth to you this morning. I want you to hear me. If you're a father sitting in here this morning, I want you to hear me. If you're a mother, I want you to hear me. If you're a young person, I want you to hear me this morning. They're in a mess, and really, they're just going to have to live through it. Really, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And I don't foresee 
what we're living in getting any better. And I know you didn't come to church this morning to hear that because I know you love hearing people tell you that we're going to turn this thing around the next election. But it ain't. I know we like watching YouTube videos, listening to politicians and say, what we need is uh, we need another election. We're going to get her turned around, get her straightened out. But nobody wants to deal with the fact that we are a nation that is aborting babies. We are a nation that is promoting sodomy. We are a nation that is promoting perversion on every hand. We are a nation that has stuck its fists in the face of God and said we're more interested in our economy than we are in anything else. And if a man will give us a good economy, we'll vote for him. And listen, I, I, I've always voted conservative and we'll continue to. I'm a patriot and I believe that I ought to go vote. But if I think that my vote is gonna change the spiritual atmosphere of our nation I'm wrong and so are you uh, and so let's look at the reason this morning that they're in this mess uh, verse number 3 and now O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah I pray you betwixt uh, me and my vineyard judge I pray you betwixt me and my vineyard what could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it. Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. He said, I did everything that I could to be good. And, and he said, they, they brought forth wild grapes. They were rebels. Now, I can't fix the United States of America this morning nor any other nation in the world. But in my home, in my church, in my life, in my personal life, God pours out his blessings on us. God takes care of us. God meets with us. God sends revival to us. God saves our young people. God puts his hand on us. God rescues us from a life of depravity. And then we turn around and want to live like rebels. We turn around and want to live like devils. We turn around and think, all right, now it's good. I'm saved and I'm not going to hell. And it don't really matter. And we live rebel. We're rebellious against preaching, we're rebellious against church, we get mad when he says something that, that we don't like and we don't show up for a week or two we get rebellious against spouse against spouse, against the word of God and he said you are a rebel and if you want to rebel, I tried to get you to stop but if you want to go ahead, but here's what's going to happen it's quiet in here this morning I know but God would help us if we'd let him Rebels. I looked at all them young girls this week as I was preaching from age five to 18 and, and, and I said, uh, you, you are a, uh, some of you are in terrible situations and you know it, I'm not trying to sound judgmental, but they know it. They know their life's hell on earth. Though if you're living in hell, you know it. Nobody has to tell you. And I said, it's really not your fault. One day it will be if you decide to keep living that way, but right now it's not. You are a product of your raising. In America, we've rebelled against everything right, even in the churches. There's stuff you can't preach in the church without making half the church mad anymore because they're rebellious in their spirit. And we still preach it here. An average church, you'd split a church this morning if... If I were to preach a message like this. But even in this church, we're 
we, 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 we got that pride and, and, and arrogancy in our heart that, well, we know what he said, but he's just like us. But here's the deal. I'm not preaching the words of Josh Williams. We have, we have come up in a society of rebels. They have rebelled against giving to God. They've rebelled against giving their life to God. They've rebelled against giving their money to God. They've rebelled against giving their time to God. They've rebelled against every church and every preacher. Uh, Augusta's full of it. My hometown's full of it. The South's full of it. The North is full of it. Go out West, it's full of it. Or go overseas and you'll find people that hop around from church to church because they get mad at this group or that group or that preacher or that message. Rebels. He said, you produce wild grapes. You didn't want what I had. We've got this mentality that I'm going to do what I'm going to do and God's going to take care of it. No, God will let you live in your mess. Are y'all hearing me this morning? God will let you overdose. God will let you drive your drunken truck off the road into a power pole. God will let your kids grow up and despise the things of God. God's not a dictator. God's not a, God's not a communist. God's not, uh, God's not in control of everything. You say, preacher, is God in control? Absolutely. But he gave you a free will and he lets you decide what you want. God will let your marriage fall apart. God will let your business fall apart. You, you, we think because we're, we're church-going folks that everything is going to be just right in our world. You won't be a rebel against God. God. God's not willing that any should perish. God don't want you to go to hell, and God's going to do everything, but if you want to go to hell, God will let you go to hell, and there's plenty of them down there this morning to prove it. We're not Calvinists. We don't believe that God will save some and not others and, and those who he's picked out that they're going to heaven whether they like it or not. If you go to heaven, it's because you want to. And if you go to hell, it's because you want to. You say, who would want to go to hell? The man that looks at God and says no thanks. They were rebels. Oh, I'll be honest with you this morning before I throw too many stones at them. There's a whole lot of rebellion that lives up inside me and the Holy Ghost of God has to deal with me about it. And you know what I found? Uh, every, time I try to, every time I try to stiffen my neck and straighten my back and lift my head and go on in my rebellion, the Holy Ghost deals with me. But if you tell him no, if you tell him no, if you tell him no, he'll finally say, all right, do what you want to do. What you want to do? You don't have to listen to God's word. You don't have to build your home on righteousness. You don't have to be right with God. You can live like you want to live. Are y'all hearing me this morning? But when God removes the fence that he put in your life or he wanted in your life, 
I, I think that's what happened in 1 Corinthians, was it chapter number five? The, the, and this message don't sound nothing like it did when I preached it at Bible camp. It's amazing how the Lord moves it to be what we need for. Wasn't that 1 Corinthians chapter five, the man uh, a part of the church at Corinth and, and he was in a relationship with his father's wife I assume it wasn't his mother. I assume it was his stepmother, but it was his father's wife and he entered into a relationship with her and he wanted everybody to be all right with it and he wanted the church people to be all right with it and they were proud about the fact that they were all right with it and they all walked around saying, boy, we're just a gracious church. We got this fellow and he's, and he's in a relationship with his father's wife and we're good with it and he's leading the singing and, and, and no, we're not gonna deal with that because we're all sinners. Well, we are all sinners, uh, but sin will have to be dealt with or fences are coming down. So Paul wrote him a little letter and said, uh, y'all need to get this straightened out. Anybody ought to be welcome to come to the house of God, but, 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 but when the church accepts sin uh, as a normal, the church is tearing down its own fences. He said, so here's my advice. 1 Corinthians chapter number five, he said, here is my advice. He said, you bring that man and set him down in front of people in the church and you let him know. You let him know. And I don't have time to get into all of this, but this, this kind of stuff still happens. I, most of the time you preach truth and if they're rebels, they're gonna wanna leave anyhow. You don't have to deal with it. Every now and then I've had to sit down with somebody and say, hey, we can't, you can't have a leadership position and be li living uh, in open sin that everybody knows about. And then sometimes they'll get it right, sometimes they'll get mad and leave and move on. and tell everybody the preacher run them off. Because they wouldn't dare say, my unrighteousness is what I chose. The preacher's got to be the bad guy. And so Paul says, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to sit down, and I want you to let them know that this ain't going to fly. And I want you to tell him that they're, they're, as long as he's going to live in that kind of sin and promote it and want everybody to be all right with it, that he's not going to be a part of this church. And, 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 and Paul said, well, and what that really is is he's coming out from underneath the hedge of the church. If you think for a second this morning that there's not a head down at the local Holy Ghost Field Baptist Church, you're wrong. There's a hedge here keeping your family right. There's a hedge here keeping your mind right. There's a hedge here keeping your home right. You're under an umbrella. It's called God's church. And the Bible said about his church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I think I want to hang out somewhere where the gates of hell can't tear it down. I think I want to raise my, I, I, I might want a second thing before I get rebellious and mad at the word of God and leave the hedge that God has put in my life to keep my family out of hell and sin. Because I got my little 21st century feelings hurt. And I'm gonna go find me a safe place where I can, where I can hide. I'm gonna go find me a church with no walls or hedges. And they just, you just do what you wanna do. And Jesus loves the little children, and he does. But Jesus loves you so much, he's gonna build walls to keep you out of sin. And so he, 
Paul said, I'll I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to let him know he's excommunicated. I didn't come to preach on any of this. And he said, turn him over to Satan. That's the, that's the word it's used in your King James Bible. He'll say, preacher, if you preach the Bible, I'm preaching the Bible. Go 1 Corinthians 5, turn him over to Satan, a saved man, a church member. Paul said, turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Most people turn their own selves over to Satan. Most people turn their own families, their own selves over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Paul said, turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. You know what that was for? Because he was a saved man. He said, if you want to live like a lost man, I'll let you get what you want. But you're not going to do that and enjoy the blessings and the benefits of the church. You're not going to do that and live under the hedge of protection of the church. And so if that's what you want, go see if that's what you want. And in the next book, 2 Corinthians, the Bible said that he found out that it was sufficient for such a one a little while outside of the protection of the church, a little while outside of the hedge of the church. And he said, I won't back in and I'm willing to do whatever I got to do to get it right. And he does. And what we want in this day, what we want in this hour, what we want is we want a preacher that's polished and a pulpit that's sensitive and a church service that looks like the joint we were hanging out in the night before. We want the lights down and the music up. We, we want a preacher that looks like he just come in from the bar himself and we want something that makes us feel good and emotional. But what we need is a place with high walls and high fences because what we've got is too valuable to Throw it to devils and dens of walls. These kids growing up around here need to live in a world where there's fences and walls. These, these homes this morning, husbands deserve a place where they can bring their wives and their children and say, I know down there there's an umbrella. I know down there there's a hedge. I know down there there is a place where God has put his hand and God has put his spirit and I can learn and grow and so can they. But our generation, generation of rebels, they won't tolerate it too long. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy and said, In the last days they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. He said the people is going to go get heaps of people and preachers that says, Tell me what I want to hear. I want to ask you this morning where the heap is. I didn't come to preach on all this, but I'll tell you where the heap is. It's in the ecumenical movement of our day. That one half of you is bought into secretly. Some of you not even secretly. You've bought into it. Ecumenical movement of our days where the heap's at. And they know what they can say and they know what they can't say. And they know what they will say and they know what they won't say. I, I, don't, I didn't mean to come preach on all this this morning. 
But boy, I sure would like to say, God, keep your family. I sure would like to say, God, keep you in the hedge. I sure would like to say, God, keep his hand of protection. You say, can he not? God can bless, God can do. But if you want to be a rebel against righteousness, if you want to, if you want to be a rebel against the things of God, God will let you. And you can even pretend like you've got it all going on still. He'll even let you do that for a while. You, you, you know, sometimes when we, we when we hear of these scandals, of preachers and church members and people, and find out that someone had a secret family somewhere, and we all scratch our head and say, "How how did that happen? It didn't just happen. It's been it's been a lifestyle of years going on. God just let them live without Him, and and they were living without Him, but didn't want nobody to know it, and let on like everything was still good. But you can't do that forever." If you want to come to church and dress one way and talk one way and act one way and, and be one way here, but you want to go out and be something else everywhere else, eventually what you really are will take over. And I'm not trying to dress you this morning or control you this morning. I'm just trying to tell you, you might want to be the same. You might want to just get right with God and be right with where, where you are with what you're doing, wherever you are. My goodness, I didn't come to preach any of this. The reason for the mess. Let, let me give you this morning, it's, it's not going to get any better. Come back tonight. It'll be good tonight, maybe. Of course, I've been preaching for a year and a half on building a strong family and a strong home, and and half of them don't. Half half of y'all, I love you, but I guess yours is just there, man. You just got her figured out. You don't need it. Praise the Lord for you. I may let you teach tonight's class. Y'all done got mad at me now, ain't you? Here's the problem. You, you want to be mad at me, but you know I'm right, and you know my heart's right. Let's look at the result of this mess. The rebellion or the reason that caused it was the rebellion. They didn't want it. If you don't want it, God will let you do what you want. Well, I know he sure has me. I remember, and I don't like talking about this at all. At all. I remember waking up in a hay field one morning about 15. Don't know how I got there. But what I thought was fun the night before wasn't that fun that morning in that hay field. I don't like talking about this because I'm not glorying in any of it. I don't think it's cool, fun, or funny. And I thought I wanted to be a rebel. I thought I wanted to do it my way. I thought I wanted to live my life my way. And I did for about a year and found out it ain't what I wanted at all. I like the church. Oh, I'm going to run that one by three of you. I like the church. 
I ain't mad at the preacher. You can preach to me whatever you want to. You can, pre- you can, preach, against, you can preach against purple flowers. I don't care. I'll amen you if I don't even agree with you. Go ahead. You can preach against green pews. Praise God. There's probably something wrong with them. Ain't gonna hurt my feelings. I done got outside of the church and found out I really like it in the church. I got on the outside, found out that I don't like it out there, but I sure like it in here. Nearly lost my life out there. Nearly lost my my family that wasn't even here yet out there. Nearly lost my future out there. And you can preach against whatever you want to preach against. You can be mad at whatever you want to be mad at. You can shout for whatever you want to. I'm just glad to be here this morning. Probably ought to knock your chip off your shoulder anyhow. You walk in here with a chip on your shoulder because you want to be mad at God and his people. Notice the result. Church is growing again, filling up. God always makes me preach something like this, I guess to find out how much we really want to grow. We want to grow and be right. Notice the result. I'm just giving you Bible this morning. Chapter 5, verse 8. I think it's kind of foolish of us this morning that we we sit around and say, how did we get in this mess? What a mess we're in. And nobody wants to own up to the fact that we've contributed to the mess. Verse 8, woe unto them that join house to house, that lay field to field, till there be no place that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. He gives six woes, six warnings. I preached them a little while back. I won't preach them again this morning. I'm nearly done preaching, but I will go through them quickly. Woe unto them that join house to house, that lay field to field, till there be no place that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. You know what that is this morning? God said, here's what's happened because you didn't want me and you wanted other stuff over me, I'll let you have it. And they become materialistic, house upon house, building houses upon houses upon houses. One was not enough, enough was never enough. Building upon building upon building upon building. He said, you're too busy to serve me. You're too busy to serve me. And he said, as long as you're too busy to serve me, then if that's what you want, then you can have that. If that's what you want, then that's what you'll get. He said, so that's fine. Just tell him that's all right. He'll get the door come off the hinges. Y'all hear me now. Just don't let him drop it. If you're too busy this morning to honor God, you're too busy. That's easy for you to say, is it? Well, you get paid to be here. You think I'd just go to church because I get paid to be here? 
I, I need to quit preaching. I can tell I've lost you. It was a warning that God gave to the people of God. He said, you're too busy. You're too busy. You're too busy. You need to declutter your life. If you're too busy to give God what's his. Uh, I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care what it is. If it comes between you and your relationship with God, I'd either change what I did for a living or I would alter what I was doing for a living to where I could give it to God first. Well, I just can't do that. No, you won't do that. But you could if you wanted to. People do what people want to do. That's exactly right. And you this morning are doing what you want to do with your life. And you can live with all the excuses that you want to. And you can lay down all the excuses. And you can leave here this morning feeling good about all the excuses. But I do what I want to do. You do what you want to do. And if I don't do something, you know why? It's not because I don't have time to do it. Because I have time to go on vacation. I have time to go out to eat. I have time to do the things that I want to do. I just don't make time to do the things I don't want to do. I'm done preaching this morning. Lord, you'll have to take this now and help us. I, I, I wanted to say much more, but I've run out of attention and time, I believe. God, help us this morning to take these truths. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If we don't want you, we don't have to have you. If we don't want the life you have for us, and you can let us have the life we want. But I've tasted it. It's not what I thought I wanted. Lord, help us this morning. In Christ's name. Let's stand this morning. You can respond with anger or frustration or you can just respond with, okay, Lord. It's in the Bible. I'll do what you said do. I'll be obedient. What about it this morning? People's come all over the building. Would you find a place to pray as she sings this morning?